Actually, so I thought prepared. you were recording because I'm just always thinking that you're recording things. You should be prepared for me to obnoxiously be recording you when you don't anticipate it. But it's a little harder when we're via distance and you can look right up in the corner and see if the thing is ticking over or not. Yeah, it gives I see you a countdown and everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the countdown part, but I do see it recording now. It just, it was just missing earlier, though. It didn't say not recording, so I assumed it was recording. Oh, probably because I originated the brand. That might make sense. Well, that's uh, good to know after three years of hosting um, my other podcast that I use this tool where I always do this like dramatic three, two, one countdown before I start recording. And I have for three years assumed that my guest could see that countdown. And now I know <laughs> it's just me. Just me. What? Okay, drama. <laughs> they probably are too. That is funny. If you look at the title of this episode, Tammy, you will see that it is entitled with the date and not the state because I had no idea, even though we're at the end of the alphabet, where we were and was too tired and busy to look it up when I set up this call. I did notice that. We're we're doing Wyoming. Wyoming. That was my third guess. (laughs) My third guess. I'm so tired and it's Monday. Yeah, Wyoming has, I think it's the last actual state, and then we just have D.C., right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty close. Wyoming. Is that the Wyoming state national anthem? Yeah. Yes, that is it. <laughs> you didn't know? State national anthem. Uh, doing my best work today. I'm just sitting here listening like I'm not the one that's hosting this episode, but I guess you'd probably want me to talk about Wyoming. I can continue to create filler content for you, but you're (laughs) editing these episodes now, so that's really up to you. Let's just go. Let's go. Let's just go. So, um, any ideas about what what might be Wyoming? Do you guys know? Anybody been to Wyoming? I have. You have? Mm -hmm. I don't think I have, but it's one of those, it's one of those like up in that general area of the country that I would like to visit because I think it looks incredibly beautiful and it's a lot more um or it's less densely populated and it's you know I watch a lot of Yellowstone and so it's all like Montana (laughs) Wyoming all of my references have to do with pop culture tv shows (laughs) (laughs) that's how you stay relevant that's how I stay moderately relevant I'm reminded regularly how irrelevant I am by my eight-year-old but anyway (laughs) Sweet. She told me the other day she lost a tooth and she'd asked for a hundred dollars. I'm like, yeah, okay. So the next morning there was a ten dollar bill or ten dollars under her pillow. I said, how much did the tooth fairy leave you? She goes, ten bucks. Kind of cheap. God. Wow. Like oh. back back in the time that I was losing teeth, there were like quarters in the tooth. If you're lucky, right? Yeah. Jeez. So the are in Wyoming. Let's segue back. Going back to Wyoming. Does it have um, anything to do with the Devil's Tower? No. It does. <gasps> Ooh, I've been there. You okay. the distance she's reading your notes over your shoulder. I swear. No, I I okay, so I was trying to remember if you had been there. And that's why I was like, I think she's been to Wyoming, because I think she's visited this. Anyway. 
Yeah. So Devil's Tower is actually the topic for today. <gasps> oh, I'm so like excited. She give us her rundown and then you can give us the origin story. What do you think? Yeah. Tell us what you, what you saw, what you know about Devil's Tower. Honestly, it's been a long time, but I remember a lot of what? I've been, but I don't know anything about it. I don't remember. Honestly, the most like I know about it at this point is that it's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind because um, the KOA there that where we stayed was playing that nightly with the Devil's Tower in the background. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, your mom is going to disown you for saying you only knew that it was in Close Encounters because you went there. (laughs) That's like one of her favorite movies. Well, no, that's why we, well, I don't remember why we went, but it was just, it was cool at the time. Anyways, I'm excited to hear more about it because it's been so long. I feel like I learned so much about Susan doing this because apparently she's got like a big thing for the movie Jaws too, which came up in another episode. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't know she felt so strongly about the movie Jaws. Yep. Indeed. Yeah, so I think um, Devil's Tower kind of gained a lot of notoriety when it was in Close Encounters, mm-hmm. but it, it had actually been, that movie came out in 1977, but it had actually been a national, a U.S. national monument since 1906. Um, okay. Teddy Roosevelt declared it, actually, it, it was the first officially recognized U.S. national monument. So, okay. That's kind of cool. I didn't know that. That's cool. Or what is it? Yeah, it's a landmark. Um, it's like a high. So, well, here I'll describe it. It's yeah. it's like eight hundred and sixty-seven, somewhere between eight hundred sixty-seven and one thousand two hundred sixty-seven feet tall. Um, different sources that I read represented it differently, but either way, it's very it's very tall. It reaches five thousand one hundred twelve feet above sea level. Um, and it's kind of like a just like a raised, almost like a raised little like mountain with like the top chopped off or something. It's like, it's, I mean, I haven't been any plateau. Yeah. It's flat on the top. Yeah. But it's raised like on all sides. So you might want to look up a picture of it if you can, because it's, it would probably make the story make a lot more sense if you knew what it looks like. I am going to look it up here in a second. Y'all, while she's doing that, Luno is doing the cutest little cat snore right now. Right behind me. It's pretty precious. It's too quiet for y'all to hear it, but I'm sorry that you can't. You're a mess. Lord. Um, according to only in your state, the only in your state webpage and IndianCountryToday.com, it still attracts over 400,000 visitors per year. And uh, the latter site also said that about 1% of those visitors actually climb the tower, which what? I think would probably be quite a feat. Not sure how that works. Amanda, did you claim a no climb? (laughs) I had no interest. The legends of Devil's Tower primarily come from different Native American stories originating with different tribes indigenous to the area. There's different names that have been used to represent the tower as well, including Mato Tepilia, which means Bear Lodge, apparently, in Lakota. It's been called Aloft on a Rock, mm-hmm. Grizzly Bear Lodge, Bear's Teepee, Bear Rock, Tree Rock, and Bear Mountain. They like their bears. So you hear a lot about the bears, right? Okay, so apparently in 1875, Colonel Richard Irving Dodge led an expedition through Wyoming, and his interpreter 
botched the translation when he was speaking to like the local people, botched the translation and called it Bad God's Tower, oh. which was eventually shortened to Devil's Tower. So that's I'm how I saw the picture a second ago. That's why I looked distracted there. I could see you like frowning at me through the computer. It's a, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. It is, right. So Bad Devil's Tower. Yeah, one source suggested that the Lakota words for bear and bad god are very similar sounding. So that may have been how the misinterpretation happened. But it's just funny that like it had all these names related to bear and now all of a sudden it's Devil's Tower. Hmm, that's true. Um, so NPS.gov, which is the National Park Service website, has outlined a lot of different first stories that have been passed down to tell the origin story of Devil's Tower. Um, I can't speak directly to the authenticity of these oral histories, but it does seem to be pretty well organized. And this site gives, um, gives like credit to the storytellers and names the storytellers. So I don't normally read directly from sources other than like really small clips, but I'm just going to read these stories as they're written because I don't want to rewrite stories that have been told by yeah. people who actually know the story. So, um, so there's several different ones and they're all, I mean, like you can probably guess from the, the names, they're all pretty bear related, but first we'll go for um, the Arapaho story and the way, and again, I'm reading this directly. So I'm trying to just not, sometimes when I'm reading things, I read it in my head, how I would have said it. So I'm going to try really hard not to do that <laughs> and just read it directly. Like parents needing us all to say Worcestershire because he didn't know how to say it. Yeah, I just sometimes when I'm reading, I think I like automatically I think it's from teaching like you read something and you know, it doesn't say like it doesn't actually say what what the student wanted it to say. So you read it as the intention instead of so I'm in such a habit of doing that that sometimes I'm just like, oh, that's not even what that said. I just made up these words. (laughs) So I'm gonna try to stick to the script here. Um, Anyway, so this story says an Arapaho Lodge was camped at Bear's Teepee. The father of this lodge was a head lodge and had seven children, five boys and two girls. The two girls had made an arrangement between themselves that the one who found the end rib bone of a bison should should receive the most favors from the brothers. The boys often made trips to other tribes. After a long search, one of the girls found an end bone of a bison, but on picking it up, she turned into a bear and made some big scratches on on her sister's back. The bear girl told her sister, if you tell, the dogs will howl and this will be a signal so I will know that you have told. The sister did tell her brothers and when they heard the dogs howl and give the signal, they were scared and started to run. The bear girl heard the signal and ran after them. The girl who had told was carrying a ball in her hand, which she dropped and accidentally kicked. The ball bounded up on the big high rock. The bear girl reached over her sister's shoulder to grab the ball, slipped, and made a, and made very big scratches on the big rock and fell on her sister and broke the sister's chest. The bear girl climbed to the top of the big high rock and told her family that there would be seven stars in the shape of a diamond appear in the east. She said the first star out would be off to one side and would be brighter than the others. The first star would be called Broken Chest Star. From this time on, the Arapahoes called this big high rock bear's teepee. And it says this story was told by Sherman Sage, who learned it from his father, Straight Old Man, who in turn learned it from his father, Drawing Up Hide. It was recorded on August 19th, 1932. So okay. that's the story. Pretty interesting. You got any thoughts on that so far? 
I have a question. Did I understand the beginning of it correctly? That she just like, they like decided that a bear bone would be lucky and then she just magically turned into a bear? It was a bison rib bone. Or you did say bison. And yes, apparently they, I mean, that's again, I'm just reading the story as I read it, how it was told here. But yeah, apparently they decided that it would be like the lucky thing and whoever found it would be in favor of the brothers and the brothers would uh, like basically like take care of them. And then, and she found it and it turned her into a bear. There's literally no more explanation than that. But I think that's probably how some of these oral stories go. Like they just get past yeah. down. And, and right. I, I mean, very likely it makes more sense in context, you know, in the in the actual culture, it may make a lot more sense than what we're getting. But I just think it's interesting because there's no, um, yeah, it is a bison bone. And there was like, ne- bear came from nowhere and she turned into a bear. And now this, um, and, and it's not the only story having to do with the bear. So pretty interesting. It is interesting. And you're right too, like, especially if it has changed languages and it's been passed down orally mm-hmm. versus a written version, like the, what we're hearing may not be the first story and it may not be like when it moved from language to language, like some words may just simply get lost. Could be. It's interesting. Yeah. You guys ready for the next one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the Cheyenne story. It says a band of Cheyennes went on one of their visits to Nakovahe. Nico- I think is how you say this bear. It means bear lodge to worship the great spirit as many, as did many other tribes, families and all members of the tribe came as bear lodge was known as a holy place. After having camped there for several days, one of the Cheyenne braves noticed that his wife was gone from camp, staying away from for a short time. As time went on, he noticed that she was gone longer than before. This brave could not understand why his wife should be gone from their lodge so much as he had always been devoted to her being a good hunter as well as a brave warrior. She always had much buffalo, antelope, and and deer meat. He furnished her fine skins to make nice clothes. Becoming suspicious that some other brave in his band might be courting his wife, he watched to see what man was missing when his wife left camp. He found that no man was missing when his wife was gone. This man also saw that his wife had a skin over her shoulders, which she did not wear before coming to this camp. One day, when she had been gone longer than usual, he laid in wait for her. On her return, he asked her where she had been and what drew her from camp so much of the time. She would not answer any of his questions. Then the man became mad and tore the skin from her shoulders and saw that she was covered with scratches. He demanded that she tell him which man had abused her. Becoming frightened at the way her husband was acting, she told him that she had been charmed by a very big bear that lived in the big rock. The bear had no mate and had become infatuated with her while she was out gathering fruit. Fearing for the safety of the camp, she had submitted to the bear's embraces, which accounted for the scratches on her shoulders. Then the warrior told his wife to lead him to the bear so he could kill it. When they found the bear, the man had great fear because the bear was very was big, very big. The bear slapped the woman with his paw and changed her in, changed her into a bear. The man ran to the camp to get the rest of the braves to help him kill the big bear. They found the bear had crawled into a cave, leaving his hind feet in the door. The bear's feet were so big that nobody could get past them. They could not get close enough to the bear to kill him, so they shot at his feet to make him come out. When the bear came out, he was so big that all the warriors were scared and climbed up on a big rock. 
These men were so scared that they prayed to the great spirit to save them. In answer to their prayers, the rock began to grow up out of the ground, and when it stopped, it was very high. The bear jumped at the men, and on the fourth jump, his claws were on top. The great spirit had helped the men, and now they had and now they had great courage, and they shot the bear and killed him. When the bear fell backwards and pushed the big rock, the big rock leaned. After that, the bear woman made this big rock her home, so the Cheyennes call it Bear Lodge. This legend was told to uh, to Dick Stone, I guess maybe that was the person who shared it with the website, by Young Bird, a Cheyenne whose home was on the Lame Deer Reservation. Samuel Weasel Bear acted as an interpreter, and Young Bird said, this is a true story, it happened. So that one is kind of like more specific to the actual shape of the of the monument, mm-hmm. right? It's about why it leans mm-hmm. and it does still talk about the, the scratch marks, but how it got to be so high. Mm-hmm. It's so sad that she had to stay a bear. I yeah, I don't like that story. Not that y'all asked for me to like it, but I don't like it. Well, I feel like in so both of these stories so far, someone's turned into a bear. Mm-hmm. So. Against their will. They didn't want to be a bear. That's true. Amanda's <laughs> face. Look at Amanda's face. She doesn't like it either. <laughs> She's still thinking about her show she was watching earlier. No. <laughs> Though I don't like that either. Okay, so this is the crow story. Once when some crows were camped at Bear's house, two little girls were playing around some big rocks there. There were lots of bears living around the big rock, and one big bear, seeing the girls alone, was going to eat them. The big bear was just about to catch the girls when they saw him. The girls were scared, and the only place they could get was on top of the rocks around which they had been playing. The girls climbed up the rock, but still the bear could not catch them. The great spirit, seeing the bear was about to catch the girls, caused the rock to grow up out of the ground. The bear kept trying to jump on top of, to the top of the rock, but he just scratched the rock and fell down on the ground. The claw marks are on the rock now. The rock kept growing until it was so high that the bear could not get the girls. The two girls are still on top of the rock. And this this was told by Ride, Ride the White Hip Horse, interpreted by Goes to Magpie. Oh, there's another note about the story. It says, during a celebration in 1932 on the Crow Agency in Montana... Max Big Man was questioned about the tower. He explained, the Indians called the Devil's Tower Bear's Teepee or Bear's Lodge because so many bears lived there. They believed it was put there by the Great Spirit for a special reason because it was different from the other rocks, rising up high in the air instead of being on the ground. For this reason, it was looked upon as a holy place and the Indians went there to worship and fast. So similar to the first or the second story, right? Of being able to escape the bear by getting up on top of the rock. Although now yeah. I'm... Not these two little girls that are just hanging out on top of Devil's Tower forever. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> it's also very tragic, isn't it? Pretty tragic. Although, you know, the Great Spirit is helping them, so maybe they're... That's true. Maybe there's peace on top of the rock. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Your face, though. <laughs> uh, okay, here's the Kiowa legend. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, so you've got multiple tribes versions mm-hmm. of the same. So, okay. So this tower must not be like normally when we see um, Native American legends or stories, it's like mm-hmm. because it's something that happened specifically to them or it's like a monument that's on their reservation or it was their land or something. This is now just we're, we're hearing multiple tribes, multiple 
stories of the same formation. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's because if I understood it correctly, the area, I mean, before it was Wyoming, obviously, was um, home to lots of different tribes. And so Mm -hmm. that's why there's so many different accounts. And you'll hear it. I mean, I know we've already heard it a couple of times. You'll hear it again, too, though, that it, it was considered a holy land. So I think people also like came to see it, like traveled there. Maybe, I mean, I don't know from how far, but that's kind of the impression that I got that it, people would like journey there to have like a spiritual um, gotcha. experience. So, yeah. Okay. So this one, it says before the Kiowa came South, they were camped on a stream in the far North where there were great many bears, many of them. One day, seven little girls were playing at a distance from the village and were chased by some bears. The girls ran toward the village and the bears were just about to catch them when the girls jumped on a low rock about three feet high. One of the girls prayed to the rock, Rock, take pity on us. Rock, save us. The rock heard them and began to grow upwards, pushing the girls higher and higher. When the bears jumped to reach the girls, they scratched the rock, broke their claws, and fell on the ground. The rock rose higher and higher. The bears still jumped up the sorry the bears still jumped at the girls until they were pushed up into the sky where they now are seven little stars in a group which is known as the pleiades oh. do you guys know that? no i i'm assuming that there's a good view of these stars um from there because it, it's referenced in more than one of the stories yeah right, that would make sense the stars were absolutely incredible out there I, I bet because there's no light pollution from big yeah, cities. It was awesome. Yeah, I believe that. Um, so in the winter, in the middle of the night, the seven stars are right over this high rock. When the people came to look, they found the bear's claws turned to stone all around the base. No Kiowa living has Kiowa living has ever seen this rock, but the old men have told about it. It is very far north where the Kiowa used to live. It is a single rock with scratched sides. The marks of the bear's claws are are there yet, rising straight up, very high. There is no other like it in the whole country. There are no trees on it, only grass on top. The Kiowa call this rock so-a, which I think means a tree rock, possibly because it grew tall like a tree. And this was told by I See Many Campfire Places, a Kiowa soldier at Fort Sill in Oklahoma, 1897. So I meant to actually look this up Um and I, I didn't remember to do it later, but I think that this tribe is not necessarily still in the Wyoming area, but had been previously. So they have s- stories of Devil's Tower. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And then I know that, so the Lakota Sioux are a big, um, in that entire area, I believe, are like a, a pretty prominent like population there. So there were actually more than one story, I think, that got edited to them. But we'll start with the first one that was on the same um, national park site. It says, In the Lakota tribe long ago was a brave warrior who often went alone into the wilderness where he would fast and worship the great spirit in solitude. Being alone helped him to strengthen his courage so that in the future he could carry out his plans. One day, this warrior took his buffalo skull and went along into the wilderness to worship. Standing at the base of Mato Tepila, after he had worshipped it for two days, he suddenly found himself on top of this high rock. He was very much frightened as he did not know how he would get down. After appealing to the Great Spirit, he went to sleep. 
When he awoke, he was very glad to find that he was again at the base of this high rock. He saw that he was standing at the door of a big bear's lodge as there were foot, was footprints of a very big bear there. He could tell that the cracks in the big rock were made by the big bear's claws, so he knew all the time he had been on top of this big rock he had been standing on a big bear's lodge. From this time on, his nation called the big high rock Mata Tepilia, Tepila, and they went and they went there often to worship. The buffalo skull is still on top of this big high rock and can be seen on the highest point. This legend was told by Short Bull, who lived a short distance west of Oglala, South Dakota, on July 31st, 1932. Uh, Mark Running Eagle was the interpreter. So that one was kind of... I mean, nobody's really tragically like turned into a bear or, or killed sure. or stopped there. It just kind of was Back like on the rock, right? It just kind of got helped out. Um, so, IndianCountryToday.com tells a story that is also attributed to the Lakota Sioux, um, and it's more similar to the Kiowa that we heard earlier. Um, and then WyomingMagazine.com and VisitRapidCity.com both share a different story like a third version that they attribute to the Lakota. And this one says that long ago, young Lakota boys were lost on the prairie after playing together one afternoon and wandering off. They shot their bows into the brush and heard an animal make noise. So they went to investigate. They came to a stream with many colorful pebbles and followed it to find a hill with an antelope, which was the animal that they heard. The boys continued to walk three days to the West. On the fourth day, they felt like they were being followed and turned around to see Mato, the giant bear. Mato chased the boys, and they prayed to the creator. The earth shook and began to rise. A rock went up into the air with the boys on top and ended up going almost 1,000 feet high. The bear was so large that he could almost reach the top of the mountain. He dug his claws into the side, trying to get to the top, but had no luck. Eventually, the bear gave up and left, and the boys were saved by Wombly, the eagle, who carried them back to their village. I just have to, like... I'm doing all these stories and it's like, oh, these bears, bears, bears and their claw marks. And it makes sense. And I'm thinking about it. And now I think just now reading them for like the third or fourth time at this point, I'm thinking like, that is a big bear. Like, can you imagine a large bear? <laughs> a thousand feet tall. There's a picture I'm going to send y'all afterwards. Cause when I pulled up the like Google images, there's one and you can see how large it is. And it's got a bear that looks like it's like nearly the same height. Yes. I mean, yeah. enormous you've already seen it I'm guessing yeah I saw it but I mean it's still I guess it didn't even really register to me because you're seeing it next to something but I now I'm thinking about like if you saw a person in scale mm-hmm. with that picture like mm-hmm. it's like a dinosaur bear mm-hmm. a dinosaur bear that's <laughs> some yeah okay so that one was it doesn't have like a storyteller that was just kind of like a story that I found on several sites and then wyomingmagazine.com had another story it doesn't um I don't know who told the story, but it was apparently a, a resident of Wyoming was visiting uh, Yankton, South Dakota, many years back, and he showed a picture of Devil's Tower to six elderly members of the Sioux tribe. One, one asked if he had found the transition into the base of the tower, which he obviously had not. So I'm assuming that there's not like an opening in this tower at all. I Again, I haven't been there, but I don't know of any. I don't I'm, remember I there being one. I haven't seen anything that like represented it that way. So yeah. Anyway, the man from Wyoming then heard the legend of the tower. He was told that the three warriors were hunting near the tower and one found a passage that led below. They built torches using pine branches and went into the tunnel where they found numerous bones and a path that led underground to an underground lake with endless gold deposits. 
The warriors could not carry the gold, so they hid the tunnel to return at a later time, but unfortunately never made it back. One of the three warriors apparently told this story to his tribe while on his deathbed. Like, oh, that's a little sad to have found a fortune. And then, by the way, as I'm as I'm dying, by the way, there's all this gold over here. If you guys want to go yeah, back and get find it. Good luck. Carry on. So that's all the different stories. Um, I don't really see, and Amanda's already been there, so I'm guessing we're clear to visit Wyoming. Um, <laughs> at least we can visit Devil's Tower. Uh, apparently, you can do lots of things while you're there, like rock climbing or hiking, stargazing, and just general sightseeing. There's a lot of like photo opportunities, um, and it's but it is considered to be a place of spiritual significance for many people. So I was just thinking, you know, maybe keep that in mind while you're visiting and try to be respectful of that as well. Yeah, for sure. Just from the stories and hearing you talk about it, I think it may be worth it just to go see like that clear sky and see all the stars. Honestly, it was so beautiful. That part of the country is incredible. Like I would go back, definitely. It does sound beautiful. It also sounds very outdoorsy. It is very outdoorsy. That is correct. Mm -hmm. I'd have to really think about it. I don't know that you would enjoy staying at the KOA very much. Someone the other day was telling me a story about what they had done that weekend. And they're like, oh, we went camping. And I'm like, camping like in a cabin? And she goes, no, no, no. Like we slept on the ground. And I'm like, why? And it was out of my mouth before I thought that may not be the right way to respond. <laughs> and because this is someone I don't know very well either. It's like a new uh, coworker. And she's like, oh, it's really fun. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Sounds good. Sure. Sure. Sounds fun. Sounds like a painful night's sleep is what it sounds like. <laughs> Probably somewhere in Wyoming, there's like a hotel with a nice bar in it that you could be. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for like going outside at night and looking at the stars. And I like to go on a good hike. Like I'm not allergic to outdoors, but I do like to be comfortable too. <laughs> no, I'm definitely down to take a family trip. We'll find a nice hotel. That's fine. Compromise. Thanks for listening to Salt Over Your Shoulder, a Redwater production. We appreciate your support. Your download allowed our crazy idea to gain steam and make it into your podcast directories. We couldn't do this without you. If you'd like to continue your support, you can engage with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at SaltThePod, or follow us on Facebook at Salt Over Your Shoulder. You can also email us at saltoveryourshoulder at gmail.com. Special thanks to the one and only Andrew York for our awesome graphic. If you'd like to continue your support, please consider giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast directory. This helps other people find us as well. You can also become one of our patrons on, at patreon.com saltthepod. See you next time! time.